The significance of today is really important. And in order to understand the significance of today, we have to understand the story. The story that leads us to today is so powerful, so filled with love, and so inviting, and sometimes so revealing of the human nature that we have to know it. We have to know it in order to move on and move past and get to three days from now. So today is about the story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Darkness was over the face of the deep. We also know in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. God, in his sovereignty, and his unconditional love created mankind. And he said, we will have perfect fellowship. And the nature of humanity, which God was fully aware of, caused us to fall out of perfect fellowship with God. And God, who was compelled by love, he said, hmm, let's try this again. And he hit a restart button. And he raised up a man named Noah. And he searched for the righteous among the land. And he restarted again. The nature of humanity took over. And God in his sovereign love said, hmm, Let's try this again. I'm going to raise up a man named Abraham. And I'm going to promise him that he will be the father of many nations. And they will be my people and I will be their God. So God rose up Abraham. And descendants grew and they multiplied. And once again, mankind found that through jealousy, deception, a great famine... Descendants of Abraham through Isaac and Jacob were brought to Egypt. The people of God grew in number and they multiplied over and over and over and they grew to be hundreds of people. And there was a king in the land. His name was Pharaoh. And he said, I have a great idea. These people will be my slaves. And the people of God fell into slavery And then Moses came on board. God says, whom? I I have another idea. I'm going to raise up a man named Moses. He's going to lead you out of slavery. He's going to set you free. You no longer will have to be slaves. My people will be free to be who I created them to be. So Moses leads them out of slavery. And the people of God complain. They say, what will we drink? And the loving Father, God says, I will give you something to drink. And he gives them water out of a rock. 
And the people complain and they say, well, what will we eat? And the loving God says, I will give you something to eat. And he provides for them fresh bread every day, just what they need. Because God loved them. So God provided and he commanded his people to take the land that he had already given them. Because they were free. God had set them free. So the people of Israel did what human nature does. And they began to grumble. And they began to complain because they wanted more than what was given to them. They wanted it to be different. They had a different idea of how it should be. They said, we don't want it this way. We want it a different way. We don't want to have to fight the Philistines. We want a king that will fight for us so we don't have to do anything. And the people grew in grumbling and complaining and they began to worship false gods. And they fell away from the Lord. And the Lord God says, out of his compelling love, I know a man that I want to be my messenger. His name's Samuel. So Samuel becomes a messenger of God. And he pleads with the people of God. And he says, return to the Lord your God with all you have, with all your heart. Put away foreign gods. Serve the Lord God only. Only serve him. So the people put away their foreign gods and serve the Lord their God only. And God defeats the Philistines and gives them the land that they have. The cities that the Philistines had taken were restored to Israel. (laughs) But it's still not enough for the people of God. And this is what human nature does. One day the elders of Israel came to Samuel in his old age. And they said, appoint for us a king like all the other nations. Why don't we have a king like all the other nations? Why don't we have a king that will rule and that will provide and that will fight for us like all the other nations? We want to be like all the other nations. And Samuel in his wisdom was distraught about this. And he says, they don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're asking for. Lord, God, help. And he prayed to God. And he said, what do you want me to do? And God said to Samuel, give them what they've asked for. For they've not rejected you, but they've rejected me from being their king. You see, the people of God thought they knew what was best for themselves. And they looked around and they saw what other people had and they said, this is better than what we have. We want that too. And God, in his loving mercy, said, okay, have it your way. But warn them, Samuel. Will you warn them? Will you tell them what it's going to be like? Will you tell them that these, new ki- these foreign kings will take all their first crops? They'll take the best of their olives. This new king will take the best of their grapes. They'll take the best of their vineyards. They'll take your wives and your daughters, and they will make them prostitutes in their kingdoms. And they'll take your sons, and they'll make them slaves. And they'll make them work day and day and day. Samuel warned them what these kings will be like. So Samuel warned them. Now the people of God understood kingdom. They knew what it would be like to be ruled by a king. They actually had their own idea of what it should be like. It got them into this predicament in the first place. But they, they knew, they understood the concept of kingdom. And they understood what it meant to have a king. They just were choosing someone other than God as their king. 
and they refused to accept God as their king. He was different than the others. He was not what they wanted. They refused to be swayed by what Samuel was saying, and they said, no, we want a king over us that, will, that we may be like all the other nations. Why can't we be like everybody else? And God says, okay, have it your way, and a king was appointed. And the king became corrupt and was evil. And once again, the people of God turned to foreign gods. And so goes the story of the kings of Israel. They worshiped other gods. They plundered for their own gain. They sacrificed their own children. All the kings of Israel, 19 of them, were bad and evil in the sight of the Lord. The people of God were split in two. They couldn't be unified. They fought with each other. They, they went their separate ways. Some of the kings of the southern tribe called Judah were okay, and they, like, there was like three of them that were good, but, most of, but all the kings of Israel didn't find their way, and they were all evil in the sight of the Lord. Their demand for a king eventually leads them into the hands of foreign king to serve as slaves for hundreds of years. Now, the story of this old covenant ends with a book called Chronicles, which means a record, a written account of historical events. And in this final chapter of the Old Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament, we read that God's compassion for his people was strong. God's love for his people never wavered. He kept sending messengers to plead with his people. He sent the prophets to say, be warned. This is what is happening. This is what is going to happen. This is what I want you to know. There were no secrets. God was up front and saying, let me tell you what it's going to be like. So he sent messenger upon messenger upon messenger to his people to have them change their ways. But we read that the people of God mocked the messengers. And God's wrath eventually grew against his people. And we read in Chronicles that his wrath grew to which there was no remedy. There was nothing else to be done, the writer of Chronicles writes. There was no remedy. And the people of God continued to be ruled by foreign gods for hundreds of years. The people of God rejected God as their king, and they wanted it a different way. And then, in God's sovereignty and his mercy, his unconditional love for his people, he says the fullness of time is here. And a child is born in Bethlehem. The Son of God is born. And and our Father God says, hmm, it's not over. I have a remedy. I have a plan. And Jesus was born God was moved by love. He, couldn't, he would not leave his people in that desolate place. He will never leave his people in that desolate place. And he was moved by love. love. God create, sent his son, which his son willingly agreed to come down to earth to be with us, to be the messenger of God, to tell about the love of God and the redemption for his people, to help them be free and not live in slavery He sent somebody who was prophet, priest, and king. 
Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. God provides bread in the desert for his people, and he provides the bread of life for his people again in Jesus Christ. And, God, and Jesus said, I am living water. If you drink from the living water I give you, you will never thirst again. It's eternal. This is who God sent to redeem his people, to restore his people, to rescue his people from slavery. But what did the people say about him? The people rebelled. They said, you're not the king. You're not what a king looks like. You didn't come from a line of, of royalty. You, you were born in a manger. It's, aren't you the son of Joseph? You're not a king. We're, how strong are you? How can you overtake the government that is oppressing us? You're not a king. And they rebelled. And they crucified him. The nature of humanity wants things different. We want it our way. And what the people of God saw, the Israelites, the Hebrews, the Pharisees, what they saw was not what they were expecting. And they rejected him and they crucified him. Now there are a few that understood. And they saw him. And the light shined. But when Jesus died on the cross, we read, darkness fell over the land, just like the beginning. Just like the beginning. This ongoing story of God and his love for us and his love for his people, it's all connected. It's all intertwined. And it's all about the love of God and what he's done for us. Darkness fell over the land when Jesus was crucified. Now we know what happens in three days. <laughs> we know what's coming. There's a 13th century rabbi, Namanidas, or something like that. He says, Precisely at the time where one king arises to pillage and destroy us, another shall rise to protect and save us. We celebrate and remember this day because our king is about to rise and protect us. Our king is about to rise and save us. Our king is about to rise. And we get the privilege of looking back on this. But the people of the time didn't know this. They didn't know what we know. So it's good to stop on a day like Good Friday and remember why it's good. Because it's God's redemptive plan for us. It's good to remember what Jesus did on that cross and that darkness fell. It's good to remember that when he was crucified and died, the veil was torn in two that gives us complete access to Jesus Christ. Just as the Red Sea was parted to lead the, the Israelites out of Egypt and into freedom, the veil is torn in two to, to give us access to freedom today through Jesus. It's all connected. It all matters. It's not coincidence. It's the real thing. It's the real thing. 
But today, the story reveals a fundamental challenge with humanity. Someone or something else gets to be king. Humanity rejects the kingdom of God, the kingship, kingship of Jesus. Expose, this story exposes the heart of human nature, and humans are a rebellious kind. I may be one of the greatest rebellious kind of all, but people are a rebellious kind. God knows it. He's not surprised by it. He's not ashamed of it. He's compelled to love because of it. God's plan to redeem his people was not over. He loved his people and he said, now I will give you a king that I choose for you. Stop choosing your own kings. Let me choose the king for you because I'm a good father. I'm a good God and I will give you a good king. That's what today is about. And because we know what happens three days from now, and we know all the writings of Paul and all the writings of the New Testament and what they tell us about Jesus living in you, and that's part of God's plan. When you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know what you are? You're a messenger of God. You have the ultimate messenger within you, and Jesus in you is the remedy. Praise God. Praise God. You're part of the plan. We all are. We're all part of the plan. Jesus in us is the remedy. We're going to take an offering, and then we're going to take communion together, and we're going to do communion this um, in a way that we're gonna, you just will come up by your section, and we'll have four teams. If you've noticed, we strategically planned this. There's four sections, and we'll have four teams. And you come up, and, and you'll be given the bread of life. And we'll do it by what we call intinction, where you'll dip it into the blood, grape juice. And, and we have teams that are going to pray a blessing over you, so we're not going to be rushed through this. That story took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Let's take a few minutes to be in the presence of our king, to recommit to him as our king, to accept the challenge of being the remedy for the world and take communion together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time to reflect and remember your story. It's yours. This story is yours. And you are good. Thank you for restarting humanity over and over and over again. And you do that each and every day with each of us. Thank you that you're a God of mercy and you're a God of love. (laughs) We remember you today, Lord. We remember you. I pray a blessing over an offering that we'll take, Lord, that you would multiply it, (laughs) that it would go forth and continue the story that's not over yet. Because you are good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.